Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Tuesday, September 26, 2023. My mic is working this time. I had to unplug it yesterday as I was moving the office around and forget to plug it back in. I hope your day is off to a great start. I hope your Tuesday is going well so far. And uh, my name is Sean Tierney from the Automation Blog and School. And this is the show in which I cover what's new and exciting in industrial automation. I just saw uh, Mahmood in the uh, chat say hi, so I want to wish him a very good morning. And uh, just looking over here at the screen to make sure the sound is working and everything looks good. And so it looks like I, I moved the camera. I didn't uh, uh, um, level it perfectly, so I'll have to get back on that. But in any case, let's go ahead and get started with this morning's show. And uh, we'll go ahead and start with just a reminder, if you do enjoy this show, please consider liking it, following it, subscribing, and sharing with your friends and colleagues. It really helps us expand our audience and find new vendors to come on the show and new vendors to cover on the show as well. And I also want to thank our sponsor for the, today's show who makes this show possible. That is theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please tell them about theautomationschool.com. And with that, I want to go over to our first story today. And this is a press release from ISA. And it's titled, ISA underscores the importance of people to automation and new position paper. And the reason I'm featuring this first, we talked about this uh, yesterday, like with ATMs and how everybody said that was going to obsolete tellers. And actually now there's more tellers per capita at banks than there were before ATMs. And it's because, you know, when we, when we get a new tool in our inventory that does things more productively, that releases so much more productivity and everything else we can do. So it's a, it's a really a good thing. And I like this statement here. Automation does not eliminate jobs. Rather, it repurposes existing jobs and creates new ones. So I believe that that most of the time, most of the time that's true. And uh, I really believe that. So I wanted to share that with, uh, with you guys this morning. I want to say hi to Frank. Um, and uh, he's uh, saying hi in the chat. From there, we go over to a press release from Opto22. And, um, you know, I, I, I think we already kind of covered this when uh, in, Inductive talked about it. But uh, Opto22 today is talking about uh, being named to the Inductive Automation Solution Partner Program. And I think we, Opto22 has been tightly integrated with uh, Inductive and Ignition for many years now. So congratulations to both of them on this new uh, program that they're working on. And, uh, of course, we've covered Opto22 and Ignition quite a bit in this, uh, on, the, uh, on the show in the past. From there, we go over to a press release. Now, this is, a, this is kind of a different one. This is from Honeywell, and uh, it states, Honeywell and ESS Tech collaborate to accelerate commercial deployment of iron flow battery energy storage systems, right? And um, this, what does this have to do with automation? Well, automation uses power. But the other side of this is, you know, I'm always looking out for stories that talk about non-rear earth batteries, right? Because that's really the next generation of battery tech. I mean, lithium ion is great for our laptops and for our phones, but you know, when it comes to big grid storage solutions, they're not the best solution. And there's been this explosion of, um, you know, just non-rear earth battery technologies on the market. And this, this is one of them. And uh, so you can see in the picture here, you know, you see that these, uh, these might not be the most compact energy storage batteries on the market, but look at all the space in between those windmills. 
And if you just raise those solar panels up, you have miles of space underneath the solar panels. So space is typically not a problem. We already have plenty of space being taken up by these, these intermittent sources of energy, right? And uh, the big news here, though, is that they call it that these batteries use earth-abundant materials, iron, salt, and water. What does that mean? That goes back to this thing we keep talking about, manufacture local. These could be made almost anywhere on the planet. So every country could be energy independent and produce their own energy storage devices using this technology. So exciting article. And uh, I know I usually save these other articles for later in the show, but I wanted to team it up with an article from IEEE Spectrum about NASA, a NASA battery tech being delivered for the grid. So what we see here, if you're listening, it looks like a big hydrogen tube and uh, like a, uh, you know, like an elongated, like a settling tank that you may have for your, uh, for welding or a LP tank you may have for a gas, a natural gas tank you may have for your propane tank you may have for your camper. And um, this is, this is another very interesting article. And again, this is using earth abundant materials, right? And um, mostly, and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, these were originally designed, the nickel hydrogen batteries were originally designed for satellites, right? And they last for a long time, zero maintenance across a satellite. Does, the space shuttle doesn't pull up every, off, very often to fix them. So they have to last kind of like for very, very long periods of time. These um, outperform lithium ion batteries in many ways. Now we probably wouldn't, and there's been prototypes of these types of batteries being used with cell phones, right? Little cartridges that go on phones. I saw those 10, 20 years ago, but probably not something we'll see for our phones or laptops anytime in the future, at least that I see. But in any case, for grid storage, this is great. And I, the big thing about this is not only does it beat lithium ion for in many areas, right? And including cost, but the big breakthrough here is, so you may be asking, why haven't we seen these earlier? Well, the big breakthrough was when they uh, designed, recently came out with a replacement for the expensive, pl expensive platinum catalyst. So originally the satellites, that's what they use, platinum, right? Or a platinum, and um, that's very expensive. So what these researchers did from Stanford is they found another way to do that, to get away uh, around that. And they're using, I think it's here, nickel, inexpensive nickel, milodium cobalt. I know I totally butchered that, but in any case, um, very inexpensive to produce, and now these batteries can be used for grid storage. And I'll just, uh, let's see if we can open this uh, image in a new tab and take a look at it. So just another interesting battery story I wanted to share with you this morning. From there, we go over to Wittenstein. They have a press release about a new accuracy line of Galaxy gearboxes. And I'll just pull up the picture so you can get an idea what they're talking about. So this is a brand new line, super accurate. If you're in the market for a gearbox like these, check this press release out. All the links, as always, are at automate.news, typically a couple hours after the show ends. Uh, from there, we go over to Siemens. Now, they announced a new release of Solid, Solid Edge, man, Solid Edge 2024, and it's launching October 11th. And... Um, Apparently this releases as a new version every year, it seems. I was doing some research on this. I don't, you know, when I think, when I hear solid, solid edge, I think solid works, right? But um, in any case, as I did some research on this, it appears that this software is like a suite of software, right? So I would love to know if any of you are using this instead of SolidWorks or instead of uh, AutoCAD, but apparently you can do um, 
2D drafting, 3D design, electrical design, right? So like AutoCAD electrical simulation and a bunch of other things. So very, it looks like a very interesting product that it uh, does a lot of different things. And I'd be very interested to know if any of you use this in place of those other products, which we typically, you know, uh, AutoCAD and AutoCAD electrical and, um, you know, SolidWorks uh, seem to be the dominant names of products I hear about. From there, we go over to our featured product. This is the Micro 800 Level 1 and 2 course from the AutomationSchool.com. If you know anybody who needs to learn the Micro 800, look, I stayed away from the Micro 800 and the Pico and all these uh, offshoots that weren't RS Logics based. I would stay away from them with a 10-foot pole. Um, but when I had to teach this course for students at the Automation School, I really came to like this unit. And it's based on IC6 Level 31-3. So, um, you know, POUs and all the instructions, it has that standards basis, basis, and I think it's great for learning too. And now the software has a free simulator built in as well. So in any case, it only runs for, I think, 10 minutes or five minutes or something, then you have to restart it, but still good enough to do certain simple lessons. And so if you know anybody looking to uh, learn the Micro 800, again, with the, with the uh, obsolescence of the MicroLogics, which is one of my favorite products of all time, um, you know, this is a great replacement for it, really is. Of course, there's other products on the market too, like the S7-1200, which is another great small PLC. But in any case, uh, this course is up there. It's available. If you do get the level one and two, you get the next course for free. The upgrade to the course, Ultimate Micro 800. Also, this is a buy one's own forever course and get support forever course. So from there, we go over to A3. Another press release, and this talks about Widemuller. Now, we haven't seen much news from Widemuller USA recently, but this is the launch of their UOS. And there's not a lot of information here. I even went over to the product website and it just sounds like they do everything, right? And so I got to dig a little bit deeper into this. I'd love to know if any of you guys are using anything with the UOS built in. Um, it seems like this is not the, it's, it was out for a while that it's just not been released today. But in any case, inside of the UOS, you will find it's a Linux-based, okay? There's CodeSys in there, there's Node-RED in there, and a bunch of other different things in there. Um, and uh, I, really, if I, I, uh, sense, I would like to get some sense about UOS, because I don't know what they're going with here. I'm, I'm wondering if this is an operating system for their PLCs to make them like a PLC HMI, I don't know. So I'll have to do some more digging on that. But if anybody knows anything about Widemuller, I did not get a chance to watch this video this morning. Um, but in any case, um, just to let you know, if you're using Widemuller, they have uh, announced uh, the latest release of their UOS. From there, we go over to a really a good article about AI if you're following AI. This is an excellent article about generative, generative AI versus predictive AI. And this is from OnLogic. Uh, we recently had them on the show. I may be releasing that episode uh, tomorrow afternoon. I got to uh, uh, just uh, check with them, make sure that's okay. Um, it will be ad-free because they sponsored it. But in any case, um, this is a great article. I really enjoyed reading this. We've had a lot of articles. And this is kind of a basic article, like an introduction to the topic. But I still thought it was excellent. I've read so many of these this year for the show. But I still thought they did a great job explaining the difference between generative AI, which is like an AI that would create like a, an image or a song or something based on its, on a huge library of samples and, um, or, you know, 
what, um, what the other one in here is, is the predictive AI. And I think we've all been using predictive AI for a very long time. Um, you know, we've also been using generative AI. A good example that they use in the article is like uh, when you, uh, IntelliSense, when you get the type ahead, when you're typing something and the software tries to predict what you're saying. I know with uh, Outlook, it's half the time it's wrong. It doesn't even come close to what I want to say. And sometimes it's more work to take my fingers off the keyboard and hit the tab key to use what it's typing, you know, the word or two it's going to add versus just finishing typing what I'm typing. But in any case, that's kind of like a generative AI or a predictive AI. In some senses, you could say it was predictive AI as well. But in any case, um, I thought it was a very good article. And uh, um, at the end of it, they talk about their servers, but the article still was excellent. So if you're bookmarking AI articles, definitely, I think this one is worth adding. From there, we go over to uh, an article about, or it's really product news about a safety light curtain for hand protection. This is from Pills. I actually thought I saw a similar one to this uh, a couple months ago, so I went back and checked and no, this is definitely new. And uh, really, this is a page all about their product, uh, their light curtain for um, hand protection. And really, everything you need to know about the product is on this page, including specs, including uh, you know benefits and features and applications. So uh, if you're looking for hand protection light curtain, check this page out. From there, we go over to an article from Electromate. And I thought this was excellent. It's a shorter article, but it's a comparison of DC linear actuators and DC linear motors. And um, it's not one of their longer articles, but they do a great job of explaining what both are. And they even have a table in here, the pros and cons of each. And uh, so any of your junior people out there, if you need a refresher or haven't used them, um, definitely check out this article. I thought they did a good job explaining the differences between the two. With that, we have another article from DigiKey. Uh, I would say this is a great article for anybody who needs a refresher on RTDs. So it really goes through and talks about RTDs and it talks about why IO-Link, there's advantages to it. So, um, you know, every time we talk about IO-Link, we talk about eliminating the, uh, you know, the A to D, D to A conversions, right? Because we, you know, if you convert something twice, you're going to lose a little bit, right? You're going to lose some fidelity in the signal. And so by going directly to digital, right from the RTD, right, we'll have one conversion, analog to digital, and it stays digital the rest of the way. And so I think um, if you take a look at this, right, I think uh, you'll see that this is really a good refresher on RTDs. It does make it the use case for IO-Link. As I get farther in, about halfway through the article, they kind of switch over and talk more about electronics and some circuit boards you can pick up. You know, the circuit boards they're promoting here, I'm sure there's something they sell, but um, once we start getting to the circuit level, we're typically out of the industrial automation level. Although as an electronics major, I always love reading about the electronics side of things. But in any case, um, you know, they, some of the Apple, you know, I don't think the circuit boards are applicable to our applications because they're not industrialized, right? So in any case, you can see one of the circuit boards here. But great for little projects, maybe if you're doing a hobby project or you have a youngster you're mentoring, who's doing like a, uh, you know, a robotics project, a robotics challenge, then that could be very helpful. From there, we go over to an application note from Red Lion. Now, these links change quite a bit. Like I had this link working this morning and when I came out here to the studio, it wasn't link at working anymore. I had to go back to Red Lion's main page and go to the literature library to re-get the link. So if you find the link doesn't work, that's what you have to do. You just go to their homepage and click on literature library. I don't know why their links change. I, don't, I didn't notice any spelling errors or anything, but I've had this happen multiple times. That aside, this uh, application article 
is by Redline and it talks about the new Entron NT5000 series of a gigabit managed switches and how they solved a, a, an issue for an oil and gas production company. And it goes through, it talks about the problem, talks about how they solved it. I thought it was interesting. And um, I, I wanted to use this as an opportunity to tell you about our podcast we did with Redline back in, I don't know, why did the speaker just kick on on the PC? It's like, what's going on? Let me, uh, let me click on, it must be, a lot of these websites have chatbots that just, you know, try to chat with you. So in any case, it's probably on the previous uh, tab. But in any case, so we did have Redline on the show. They went through the NT5000 in, in real good detail, gave us a great overview of it. And I've always been a fan of Entron because I love their American-made metal cases, uh, switches and whatnot. And not only did we have them on Podcast 144, we also had, um, I also did an unboxing and setup, initial setup for us look on it. You can see I got one uh, over my shoulder here. I think it's outside of the camera's view. Here, let me go back to full screen. So we have one actually here that I did a uh, first look on. And, um, you know, I actually set it all up and went through it. So a uh, very interesting new product. I really liked using it. The web page is like definitely modern, latest and greatest graphical web page. Um, you know, not like the older pages where there's a lot of text and columns in some of the older products out there. But in any case, anybody who's listening, that's uh, the Automation Minute, Season 5, Episode 38. So from there, I think this is our last article for this morning. This is the three pillars of practical AI from an article from Worldwide Technology. And uh, again, if you're, you're making a list of AI articles, I like to share those, especially when they relate to IT and OT, right? And so here they're talking about AI and data delivery lab experimentation and high performance architectures. There are some great images here. And I just wanted to share it with you. It's a little outside of our realm, but again, most a lot of us are following AI and machine learning because a lot of products that come with, with such so much better algorithms in there that make like vision detection systems, just make them work so much better. So in any case, I did want to share this article with you this morning. And with that, if you think I forgot every, anything or everything, <laughs> Please use the news tip form and send us uh, send us what you think. Also, if you just have a comments, you can use the talkback form to send that in as well. Um, as far as our sponsor, I want to thank theautomationschool.com for sponsoring today's episode. If you know anybody looking for PLC HMIS SCADA training, please tell them about theautomationschool.com. I also want to thank, uh, we got two new people overnight. We're up to 1242 following us over at the uh, automation.locals.com. That's a community site. And I've had some people trying to shoot in questions through other social media venues, and I keep directing them back to automation.locals.com. You know, we're at on so many different social media platforms that, uh, you know, we try to funnel all the questions in the here. So buy me a cup of coffee. I'll try my best to answer all your questions. I think it's uh, one cup of coffee a month. Um, from there, I want to definitely want to thank those who picked up my ebook and video collections this week. Thank you, guys. It's a really a big, it really helps us... Uh, you know, all the proceeds go right to keeping the, the uh, automation blog and this show going. And uh, same goes for our coffee cups and t-shirts over at theautomationblog.com forward slash shop. And with that, just a reminder, if you're first time watching, I usually don't make these many verbal mistakes, or maybe I do. You know, it's tough when you're live and, and uh, you know, you're trying to go fast because you're running late and all that. But we made it. We made it to the end of the show. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. Every link from over 110 shows we've done this year, you will find at automate.news. 
no www, no.com. It's just automate.news and uh, every link's there. Typically after I end the live show and I edit it and send it to all the different destinations and we are trying to get some of those that I talked about yesterday that aren't working. We're still working on trying to get those up. Um, we have emails and posts out to all the, the, the three different sites. Um, I come up here and I put them in all the links. Now, sometimes it's early afternoon, sometimes it's late morning, but every day, sometimes it's in the evening, but every day I get all the links up here and you can now search. If you missed previous episodes, you can now search based on the type of content. If you just want to watch, see all the videos or see all the shows or see all the articles um, and also by vendor. Now I did, uh, after the show yesterday, I was thinking, you know, th these aren't all the links aren't listed here because the first three and a half months of the show, we did like a page full of links, not individual links. So someday I'm going to go back through those and add them. So this number is actually much higher. Like, yeah, I know we show like 100 for Siemens and 80 for Rockwell and 50 for Schneider, but it's actually much higher than that because those first three and a half months, they're just all on one post and one big long page. So in any case, um, with that, I just want to thank you all for tuning in this morning. I want to wish you all a great day. I got to look at uh, the, um, uh, I want to look at the chat here. Let me get my mouse over there. We get some chat going on. Um, talking about iron flow uh, batteries and safety and all that. So I want to thank Frank and uh, Mahmood and everybody else who uh, watched this morning, who was in the chat and the live show. I also want to thank all of you who watch after the fact. I know a lot of times this is just too late in the morning for East Coasters to tune in, right? So I want to thank all of you guys who watch in the evenings. Please give us a like and a sub and uh, share it with your friends and colleagues. And with that, I want to wish you all a very courageous, fearless, and awesome day. And until next time, my friends, peace.